0: Chris, a look at the history of Simeon Cinema. I'm Christian Larson. I'm Chris Mattiello. And today is episode 5, Shockma from 1990, our first monkey-related horror film. And joining us today is Mr. Lee Chernowitz. Lee, welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, welcome to you guys, too. Thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> So I hated this. I hated oh, we're just app. gonna we're just gonna drop it like that right now. Just
0: I just wanted to throw that out there because that is going to inform most of what I say. I said before that my contribution to this might just be an endless string of profanities, but I'm gonna try to keep it civil. What What did you guys think? What were your impressions?
1: Bad, 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 bad. I've been drinking nonstop since I watched it, and that was over two weeks ago. <laughs> it's bad. That's that's bad.
2: I mean, I love a good bad movie, and I know, you know Christian does as well. We wouldn't be here if we didn't. But the worst thing a movie can be to me is not bad. It's completely boring. And this movie put me to sleep. Attempted to put me to sleep within the first 30 seconds. About it is the most oppressively boring film I think I've ever seen.
1: I, I definitely thought I was hot shit when it came to to B movies, and um, I guess not. You know. This thing uh, put me back in diapers, you know.
0: So let's start off with a segment that we like to call Twelve Monkeys. Chris, would you like to
2: start us off with this? Sure. We like to challenge our guests to summarize the film we have watched in twelve words or less. Are you up to this task?
1: I am. I just need to know is is Buck Wild one word or two? <laughs> <laughs> I guess the only reference I have
0: wasn't there an MTV reality show called Buck Wild?
1: That determines the popular lexicon, so. Baboon goes buck wild on doors, but loves his stuffed baby monkey. Congratulations, you did it. Yeah, the, the doors really did seem to get the
0: brunt of Shockma's rage in this film, but I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll get later. So yeah, it's, it starts off where we're introduced to a, a gang of college-age medical students, and they're all horrible in their own special way. They're all horn dogs
2: as well. I'm going to reveal this. Um, I'm not usually so public on the podcast, but I'm someone who is attempting to get into medical school in the next year or so, and this movie actually changed my mind. I take it all (laughs) back. I'm not doing any of it.
0: I don't know people uh, like this are allowed in medical schools anymore ever since this baboon incident. This
2: is definitely like a Caribbean medical school, I think, where, you know. (laughs) The people not good enough to get into American schools go?
1: Yeah, they do that all online now, I think. But uh, (laughs) I think – I don't know if they still do the blatant sexual harassment online as well because that's that's part of the whole schooling process in 1990.
2: This is the University of Phoenix Medical School.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But live in person. So yeah, they're all awful. They're all horny and – After
0: hours, when they're not experimenting on monkeys, they're playing Dungeons and Dragons, or a variation of it with their professor, who's played by Planet of the Apes' Roddy McDowell. Uh, Game Master, to Sam. I'm back in my office. Uh, Have you started? Over. Game Master, I'm in room 208, and I've collected an amulet and a clue, and I'm requesting a key to continue my quest in room 210. Over.
1: Uh, Your request is granted. You have four keys left. Good luck. Game Master to Tracy, how are you proceeding? Over. Just fine, Game Master. Um, I just picked up my first clue and two keys, and one of which I'd like to try on room 211. Over.
2: Very good. I'll make a note of it. Good luck. Over and out. Yeah, and you know, as someone who is a big nerd, watching this kind of LARP game they had going was really painful um i did laugh out loud when the one guy goes to his little computer and uh, he has solved one of the passwords which is frodo it's, <laughs> it's like the writer had like the smallest amount of concepts for like what fantasy role-playing is like and like the three things he knew he just threw into a pot and blew up to massive proportions
1: amulets oh yeah crystals glitter for some reason
2: gems
1: that's about it i don't know
0: i know for a fact that all three of us are no strangers to tabletop role-playing games and this was just insulting
1: even the frodo fan service didn't
0: win you back (laughs) no none of it i mean it's it looked like and they they all hyped it up like wow this is going to be the best game ever It's going to test our our mental prowess. And it was just they were wandering around an office building solving these idiotic
2: clues. They're even discouraged from interacting with each other, which is kind of the whole purpose of role-playing. Yeah, and it's not even so much like a a role-playing game because they they bet $500, which, FYI, I mean, maybe 1990, kids were rolling in dough. And we weren't in need of a, a Bernie Sanders type to, you know, give us free college. But these kids put $500 each on the outcome of this, which is insane.
0: They could have spent that on those newfangled compact discs or some yeah, hype color t-shirts.
1: I just looked up the CPI inflation calculator. $500 in 1990 dollars is about $911 in today's money. Yeah,
0: so these That's college the students friggin are, lot. They're each dropping almost a grand betting on this thing. Although I think what this was supposed to do was supposed to give us some stakes, was supposed to show why they're all
2: sticking with it this long. I mean, I guess so, but there's, is there ever a point where they actually make it seem like they're competing against each other during the LARP? There's no, like, a sabotage scene or anything like that, is there?
0: I had a, a theory about that. But, yeah, the person who wins is the one who makes it to the tower and claims the princess, which is the most offensive thing ever. They, they bring this teenage girl in and dress her up like a princess, and I believe they even call her an object. And all she has to do is sit in a room on the top floor for like four hours while they complete this game. And the first person who finds her wins. Yeah, and what
1: does she get out of it?
0: Well, I think she she has a crush on the main guy, so she's kinda hoping that somehow this is gonna lead to them living happily ever after. But uh
2: spoiler alert, she gets eaten by the monkey. <laughs> This is where I want to reveal that I did not watch this movie remotely sober. The princess had a crush on the main character? Is that true?
0: I mean, it was never explicitly said, but she was kind of fawning over him.
1: There's a lot that they don't say uh, in this movie, and we just have to theorize like idiots. But yeah, that that one I'm pretty sure on. I have a lot more questions, but that one... Yeah, she, she definitely does. She
0: was the younger sister of the of dark-haired doctor, the, the one Richard. who was a dick.
1: Richard. Oh, okay. Literally dick.
0: And shortly after the game starts, see, this is where I got a little confused, and maybe, well, certainly not Chris is, was paying attention closer <laughs> than me, but maybe maybe Lee can help me out with this. Richard is chosen to be the bad guy who hides out in various rooms and waits for someone to come and then kills them.
1: Yes, Nemesis. Um,
0: Nemesis, that's his name. And he's hiding in this room, and the creepy AV guy is playing, and he comes in the room and finds a clue. Bradley, yes. And he comes in and finds a clue and leaves, and Richard doesn't kill him for some reason. And Bradley is sent to the monkey lab, (laughs) and the professor seems confused about this. And I was thinking maybe Richard sent him to the monkey lab on purpose to get him out of the way.
1: No, there's no, a, there's, no. There's a lot that you can try to read into this movie. I think that's generally why this movie was such a horrible experience for me to watch because I actually thought it, at times that it could be good, or my brain was filling in the gaps in the areas where it was just horrible and left a lot of things were left out. And then at some point I realized that no, it's just it's just bad. There's nothing you can read into it to make it work. And it just just take it at face value. Richard doesn't want to play the game, but he does for some reason, even though he's got a hot date, waiting outside in the car, and uh, (laughs) he just, he kind of sabotages the game for no reason, but he still wants to be there, so, hey, yeah, there you go.
2: That is his reason for sabotaging it, is he wants to go on the game faster, so when the guy comes in and uh, Roddy McDowell is like, why didn't you kill him, he was like, oh, I must have fallen asleep and then has like a little Shakespearean aside to the camera where he goes, heh heh, guess this is going to be a lot over than you thought, or something along those lines.
1: I did not get that. That went right over my head, thank you. His
2: girlfriend, of course, is out in the car the whole movie playing the Carl Wenslow in Die Hard uh, role. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and she's listening to what sounds like sample MIDI music from Windows 3.1. It's like smooth jazz as interpreted by a a 1991 PC. I believe
1: the kids call it Vaporwave these days. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, while while they're vaping, it's it's the track.
2: (laughs) Can we briefly talk about the setting of this movie? Because it's supposed to be a hospital, but it's clearly just like an office park that someone let them borrow for a weekend.
0: It's nuts.
2: There are some movies when you can tell they
0: they had access to a building or a setting, and they just use that over and over again. But this seems like they had access to a hallway. Because half the movie takes place in hallways, and you can't tell one from the other. And that's another thing that pissed me off. is uh, It was so claustrophobic. I was like, get out of the goddamn building.
1: Apparently they can't. There's no such thing as fire escapes... Or, you know, a a door which opens out to the outside world. Yeah, they
0: make a big deal at the beginning that the professor makes them lock all the doors to the outside.
1: I think he does lock the elevator, too. You know, at some point he has the fire thing. So he limits that, but the stairs should still work and lead outside, if you think about it. (laughs) But you're not (laughs) supposed to. um, As far as the the building, I just want to say one thing, too. So that's the interior. Of course, the interior is limited by the budget and just the lack of imagination by the creators i would say but also what about the outside of the building because that you can that can be whatever you want cuz it's just shooting the outside and that was as bland as the entire movie just a box, basically, and it seemed to also be almost, they wanted it to be a character in the movie, and I think you see it on, on the cover of, or one of the cover boxes of, of the VHS tape.
0: Yeah, I, I, one of the things I found actually, the image that's used on IMDb for it is a foreign DVD copy, or VHS copy, with a picture of Shakma screaming in front of a towering building, and it says, it's called Terror in the Tower. Although it's said multiple times that the top floor is the sixth floor. I don't think you can technically call a six-story building a tower. I, I mean, I'm no architect, but...
2: Yeah, it's something that bothered me a lot throughout this movie, and I'm someone, especially in horror movies, who's willing to suspend all disbelief. Yes, I'm totally into the fact that this leprechaun is in a hood and murdering people. Like, I'm all in on that. <laughs> but, but this, like, there were so many times when there's a bunch of people walking around a place, and two of them are screaming at the top of their lungs, and no one's hearing it. You don't get the idea that this is a very large building, this towering, like, monstrosity that the movie wants you to think it is. It feels very small.
0: Some of the rooms they go into are slightly different. The computers are in different places. It all feels the same. I mean, it it really just feels like they're on the same floor the whole time. I really did like, at one point, one of the characters opens the door into a computer lab, and there's all computers sitting there. But they're all bleeping and blooping. Uh Uh-huh. They're all beeping away in the most stereotypical, like he just walked into a Star Trek room. And, but they're all just rows of computers that are off, of course. But uh, I thought that was a, a nice touch, and by nice I meant baffling and
2: awful. And I mean, for as much as the professor loves his security, none of the doors inside of the actual building lock. There are several scenes where the point of tension is, can a person hold a door shut?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. A lot of well, it's funny we haven't even got to the actual monkey part yet. We've been so busy talking about the horrible role playing game subplot in this that we haven't even talked that much about Shockma.
2: Shockma. Yeah, let's get
0: to it. He's uh, Shockma. Yeah, I mean, Shokma is br- he's he, he's briefly introduced at the beginning. When they, when they administer some kind of injection to him that is supposed to calm him down, but sometimes has the opposite effect. So, yeah, of course, that's great, and it's great to let these fuck-up medical students be administering these tests. He goes a little nuts, and they order the main doctor guy, the hunky main dude, to put the monkey down by administering a fatal dose of this experimental medication, right?
2: And also he- probably worth noting that in no world would a medical student ever be doing any kind of experimentation on an animal ever, ever, ever. Like there could be research and stuff like that, but that's still not going to be stuff that they're, they're using live apes for. And that's just something that kind of not so much ticked me off from a personal, like the fact that I'm, I'm near that occupation, but like, it's just lazy screenwriting. It's like they had this idea, monkey, LARP, office tower thing and they they found the worst possible strands to tie them all together and that pisses me off more than anything else is the lazy writing of the setup and the execution and how it all completely falls apart.
0: Not to mention... Of course, they wouldn't be doing this medical experiment on a monkey, but they certainly wouldn't be operating on the monkey and opening his brain and injecting something into it. No, absolutely not.
1: Yeah, Phoenix Institute or university yeah. or whatever, they do that. But, after, they're, 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 but they're breaking all the rules to to get you a degree. That's yeah. that's actually their their slogan.
0: Yeah, they don't actually say where this medical school is. It could be in like on a third world island somewhere. I, I wouldn't be surprised, but there's absolutely no oversight whatsoever, and certainly no fire codes. No, um, but not. so the monkey is not put down, and later on in the film, when the creepy AV guy Bradley, he's wandering around and he gets his face chewed off by the monkey. By Chakma. Is a baboon I, I technically it a monkey?
2: I looked up what he was, and I, I, I now I can't remember it. But if you look up a baboon, he's definitely a type of baboon, but he's not just a generic like. Um, most of the, the image searches for baboon bring up like Rafiki-esque animals, and I had this thought. It's probably worth describing him. He looks like an armadillo on its hind legs wearing a fur coat is the best way I could probably describe Shakma.: Yeah, that's the very least good. The most intimidating killer animal I think I've ever seen in a movie.
0: Shakma is a a misspelling of a type of baboon. That this baboon is not. Yeah, this baboon is a specific type of baboon. I I didn't write down the name of it, but it's not. I I got it here.
1: Hamadryas.
0: Yeah, a specific baboon that has these tufts of hair around its neck, like a mane of sorts. Which kind of added to its cuteness, although Red Letter Media did a review of this movie. I I tried not to let it affect my interpretation of it. I certainly hated it a lot more than they did, but they seemed to find him pretty adorable. He's a little tiny thing, too. He's not at all intimidating. He's adorable. He's very cute. (laughs) I think there was a point in the movie where we were so overtaken by Shakma's cuteness where, you know, And it was a final, like, battle scene. He was about to attack the, our hero, and he started walking on two legs and just yeah. doing his little bounce, and all of us simultaneously just went, aww.
2: <laughs> oh. Oh.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But when he's slamming himself against doors and when he's flying through the air with his
1: fangs out and his jaws open,
0: that's pretty freaky stuff.
1: Yeah, well, you know, also, they it didn't really help the scariness factor when they used such bad, bad props or, like, stand-ins for him, like, definitely, like, monkey paw, baboon paw, like, on a stick, like, reaching oh, through God. the doorway. So, like, it's yeah. that's it not very frightening.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. In many of the scenes where one of the medical students has to hold a door closed while Shakma's slamming himself against it, every now and then a little fake monkey paw will stick through. And it's so obviously like something that a yeah. kid could make in an arts and crafts with a popsicle stick and some pubes. And, uh, <laughs> a
1: lot of pubes.
0: So over the course of the rest of the movie, one by one, Shakma kills off the medical students. Obviously, we've established that the majority of this film are the awful medical students wandering around acting like idiots. But... When Shakma's on screen, there's really only three types of Shakma shots. There's Shakma at the end of a hallway, and it's like, oh no, Shakma's gonna come down the hallway at me! And then there's Shakma flying through the air, um, with his mouth open. Mm-hmm. And then there's Shakma trying to open doors. And actually, I think the majority of the Shockma shots are him trying to open doors because he's really, really selling it. Oh, definitely. And there's a reason why he's selling it. Do uh, do either of you guys know?
1: Um, I've I've heard the rumors, but uh, I didn't see anything think confirmed. I've actually seen a couple of things that contradict it. So, so you tell me what what's what.
0: Well, on, on IMDb, it says that during these frequent scenes where Shakma is throwing himself against a door or a cabinet or whatever, there is a female baboon in heat on the other side of that door, and that's what's eliciting these these responses from Shakma.
2: Now, I found something different yeah, see- in my research. I found the uh, American Humane Association's website, and they break down how this movie – was done. They seem to have had someone on the set, and it breaks down piece by piece how everything in the movie with the baboon was done, including the baboon's name. His name was Typhoon. Wow, and he was just I, a trainer I, on the other side.
0: That's less exciting. But yeah,
1: just a trainer yeah, on the other side, yelling at him. Yeah, but it doesn't. It doesn't. That doesn't seem likely. I mean, you know, it just doesn't. It seems more likely that he's like he's got to be mad or something. Got to got to rile the guy up, you know, a little bit. Maybe he's know. just a really
2: good actor. Well, He's better website, than anybody
1: else in this film.
2: The, the website does make it very clear that all of the attacks on humans were staged and it's fake blood. So, whew, let's not get that out of the that. way.
1: I want to say something about uh, Shockma or Typhoon. And this kind of lends to that rumor, if it wasn't true, that uh, they didn't allow. And this was from. Uh, what's, the, what's the actor's name that, that played Sam? Christopher Atkins?
0: Yeah, Christopher Atkins who was – probably his most popular role was in – oh, God, what was that movie with Brooke Shields? They're castaways. The Blue Lagoon? Blue Lagoon, the Lagoon. and they're, they fuck each other, and he has curly blonde hair. His character is actually parodied yeah. in the Zucker Brothers' Top Secret, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was so he him. did
1: – in 1987, he did – this is just an aside. He did uh, uh, a movie called uh, – his first horror movie was Beaks the Movie about – birds that kill so anyway wow. that's just an aside but
0: uh, uh so he's, he's no stranger to the psychotic animals genre
1: no no it, yeah in fact he's been typecast and uh into <laughs> doing that so i did read an interview with him and he said that he was afraid of of typhoon the baboon which goes against other things i've said and he said that no female actresses were allowed on set if they were menstruating so there, there was a fear according to him on set and this this animal could be that crazy so i don't know i don't know how how well he was trained and how well you could train him but they they certainly had to cut around a lot of uh, a small amount of footage to make it even work so i don't i don't even know
0: i mean monkeys are traditionally very unpredictable i remember Reading in the oral history of Saturday Night Live, live from New York, there was a sketch where a guy, it was called, like, I Married a Monkey, and a trainer brought a monkey in to, like, lay in bed next to this guy, and the actor was saying, like, that the trainer had told him before the sketch that... They're incredibly strong and incredibly dangerous and incredibly unpredictable, and he was laying in bed next to a monkey petrified <laughs> that was going to have his face ripped off during a comedy sketch on live television. So I can imagine it's pretty intimidating working with a monkey.
2: Yeah, I um I did some research on like the sizes of baboons uh, while I was watching this movie, and like I said, I was trying to figure out exactly what kind of baboon he was, couldn't quite find it. Some of them are, are really big. the and this is more on the special effects budget than anything else, but Shockma seems to vary in size from, like, up to a person's knee to up to their waist, um, and that changes throughout the film. I just—it didn't scare me. I'm like—and I know, don't get me wrong, I'm not sleeping on monkeys. I looked up the chimp—I <laughs> thought it was a baboon, but it was a chimp that ate the woman's face. Do not Google yes. that. That is a horror show. But, like, Shakmo is just so tiny and fuzzy, and his ass is so hanging out— <laughs> that I got this idea. It was like a Chucky thing. Like I see Chucky, and I'm like, I'm not, a, I'm not afraid of you. I, I could punt you. And Shakma, I was like, you just give me a weapon that gives me reach. Like say a baseball bat, and I'm no longer afraid of Shakma. Hand to hand combat, yeah. I'm probably had, in trouble.
1: By the end of the movie, he does like fashion a weapon, and it was just mind boggling that he couldn't. They, they, no one could figure that out before that anything, pick up anything at all. <laughs> at all, at all, and you're you're you've instantly doubled your attacking prowess and probably well, not being able to defend yourself
2: because hydrochloric acid is almost
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh god, that. Well,
0: before we get into the the deaths, because they're like the the only redeeming quality of this movie were the slightly cool monkey deaths. But you mentioned Shockma's big red ass hanging out. How did you
1: not that?
0: Well, I think Chris did, Um, or maybe I'm just thinking about it constantly, Uh, but that's what made me not able to take Shockma seriously, was that he had, like, a literal giant red baboon ass flopping around behind him everywhere he went. Like, kick him right in his big fat red ass. Like, send him flying out the window.
2: If you've ever seen the music video for Call Your Girlfriend uh, by Robin, we'll put that in the show notes. That's exactly what it looks like because she's wearing this big, puffy um, top that only goes to her midriff and then, like, these tight pants on the bottom. So, like, the, the clothes extend way past her body. And it looked exactly like that because Shakma just has this tuft of fur around his shoulders and then his ass hanging out. It's not scary. It's hilarious to see this monkey doing that.
0: I'd, I'd like to think that Robin was inspired by Shakma. The, the costume designer was like, Robin, we're going to do a whole Shakma thing she's like i have no idea what that means but yes go with it i love it
2: i mean the monkey was cuter most of the time than he was scary
0: yeah i'm coming around to that i mean it's it's just the fangs the fangs are really and And there's one shot that they use over and over again of Shakma jumping directly at the camera. and They use a lot in the trailer. And the trailer makes it look a lot scarier than it is. There's actually, in the trailer, it's narrated by this deep-voiced African guy. He's trying to do his best James Earl Jones. He's trying to do his best James Earl Jones as the king from Coming to America. And he's like, Shakma! Shakma! It's
2: so good. And Shakma... Shocking audiences everywhere. Uh,
1: So, what's the the shot where he 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 is flying out?
0: he he, he jumps straight towards the camera with his with his jaws open and the fangs are out, and he just looks. He has this dead look in his eyes. And
1: yeah, just one shot on the trailer and used many times. It's actually the only frightening shot I found from the whole thing and it's uh you actually see his fangs it's obviously fake it's not the real real monkey but uh it, it ha- has the fangs dripping blood and you, you that's in the foreground in the background is the uh one of the the lead actresses by yeah. the way
0: I, I think it bears mentioning that lee and his wife own birds he's not strangling puppies in the background that's that's just an adorable bird
1: they are also disturbed from from having to had watched this movie earlier
0: oh god i can't imagine I bet birds are petrified of baboons.
1: Natural um, enemies,
0: yeah. I think. So yeah, the Shakma. The first kill is the creepy AV guy. The second kill is the is Richard, who hides in a closet and he pours himself a little glass of hydrochloric acid, planning on throwing it in Shakma's face when he gets out of the closet. But that plan backfires a little bit, and he he ends up getting his face torn off by Shockma, but also he spills acid on his face, which ends up looking pretty cool when his body is discovered.
1: Yeah, it's one of the better bodies that are discovered. It's one of, one of the better, better findings that you get to see actual gore later. Most of it's just a bunch of uh, what looks like ketchup uh, spilled on someone's face.
2: There's very little horror in this film. Um, most of the death scenes are, are someone looking around and then cut to... Shakma just kind of they never really got sh- like a stalking shot of Shakma um for them to use it's really just Shakma sitting in the middle of a room and then cut back to the actor who looks surprised and then cut to that jumping Shakma shot and uh, and then the guy's holding a dummy on his face like that's every death scene
0: yeah the, every death scene is preceded by like 10 minutes of the actor wandering around the hallways looking frightened And you're supposed to feel tension, like you're supposed to feel like Shockma could be around every corner. But you know he's not. You know they're just going to throw him in there at the end with a quick shot where he jumps on their face. But they try to ramp up the tension and it's just, it ends up being boring and not tense at all.
2: I mean, yeah, you can't expect a whole lot um, from a movie that, like we talked about, clearly can't afford its own setting. And um, the acting pedigree that they got was Roddy McDowell topped that out. And then um, the girlfriend of the main character was played by Freddie's first victim in Nightmare on Elm Street. It was killing me, racking my mind, who she was. And she, she does play Tina in a Nightmare on Elm Street.
0: She had a couple of really classic 80s credits. I mean, she was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. She was in Better Off Dead.
1: That's right. She was the sister in Better Off Dead, right? The, the bitchy sister?
0: I think so. She was on a bunch of episodes of St. Elsewhere and Cheers. She was on My Two Dads and Cagney and Lacey. That's a pretty good 80s. Uh, Yeah, but then she kind of dropped off the the radar.
2: Surprise. And then the main character looks like someone tried to clone young Mark Hamill, but cloned like a, a melty Luke Skywalker action figure instead.
0: He looks like Mark Hamill directly after his motorcycle accident. Uh, as seen in the Star Wars Christmas special. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's... (laughs) Oh, boy.
0: Like, none of the characters have any defining qualities, except for the fact that Richard is an asshole. And the AV guy is creepy. Even the main guy is kind of a dick. Like, at the beginning, Sam, his name is, he's talking to his girlfriend, and he's like, oh, I can't wait until I'm a doctor, and you can stay home and make me food and have babies. And she's like, actually, I'm going to run my own engineering firm. And he's like, ha ha, that's hilarious. But I'll be working long hours at the hospital and you'll have to stay home and, and, and cook my meals and, and like mend my socks and give me little Sam's. Yeah, right. When pigs fly, I'll be just as busy as you, Sam. Doing what? Running my engineering firm, which I started. Yeah, which you bought with my money. And a mouse jumps on her and she's like what's the big idea and he says it's trained to attack militant feminists because oh boy apparently in 19 in 1990 it was militant to uh want to run your own business and uh not stay at home and have babies i didn't know 1990 was just like 1950
1: yeah i feel like it's a running theme in this movie and there's there's a lot of it the the machismo and i want to make you know make the jump that they were trying to do something with that but n- no they weren't they weren't.
0: Yeah, I would so, love. I would love if this movie was trying to say something about yeah, then like, using
1: it yeah, gender, using it like
0: gender roles and yeah. and, and and then having a, and,
1: having a baboon, which is you know traditionally in their uh, species, it's completely male dominated and all this stuff. And it, it's what I kept trying to do during this movie is make all make connections that would that would make it better. But now
2: the thesis of this movie is don't be a nerd. Because the only person uh, spoilers the only person who survives is the girlfriend who wants nothing to do with this shit.
1: Wait, Sam lives. Sam makes it all the way to the end. No, he 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 dies though. He he dies and he he says, "I win," right? He he's dead, right? Right. Yeah, that's what I got out of it.
0: Oh, maybe but he, that he point looks I, at the I, monkey. Yeah, yeah, the little stuff. the little monkey. baby that monkey. Was, yeah. And that was another moment where I'm like, are they trying to say something with this? Like, as he's dying, the last thing he sees is Shakma's toy monkey. And I'm like, maybe they're trying to say something about, like, innocence lost. No, they weren't. No, no, I'm sure they weren't. Eventually, after everyone dies, including the princess, who for some reason insists on helping him track down Shakma when she should just be like, oh, there's a killer monkey in this building? I'm getting the fuck out of here. No, she she insists on helping him out, which I guess kind of lends into that idea that maybe she has a crush on Sam. But she dies anyway, and Sam is totally distraught. All of his friends and his mentor and this young girl are dead. Now, fill in the blanks for me here because, again, I might have missed something here, but... He's sitting in front of a computer and he's got this look on his face. It's the best acting anyone does in the whole movie. And he's like, it's my
2: fault. It's all my fault. It is all his fault, though. But why? Well, I mean, from our perspective, I don't know about his perspective, but from our perspective, I guess he loosely tries to find the other people, but he doesn't do a very good job at it. He keeps everybody inside instead of really looking for an exit. The only death I felt bad about was the princess, because as soon as he finds her... She gets the idea to try to call for help from the outside. She's the one who gives him, like, weapons to protect himself because this dum dumb is running around without any kind of arm. Like, he just has not armed himself at all. Um, and knows yeah, yeah. there's a killer, a killer gorilla after him. He sets the whole thing up. He doesn't really help yeah. that much. He's a big idiot.
1: You're saying he's just bad at life, though. I mean, he's just realizing this now? I think that's it. <laughs> I think he realizes that
2: he is the worst.
1: <laughs> and... and- I like there, that.
2: There's
0: actually a point either his girlfriend or the princess girl says we should look for a phone, and he's like, oh, there's no time for that. Yeah, there's no time for the one most important thing you should be doing.
1: Yeah, but but he's but, like the protagonist, so it's weird. It's a weird message to give the the audience because he's kind of like setting the tone of what's possible and what's not. And I don't think we're supposed to be thinking on that level uh, that you know he's he's messing up. I don't know. I just thought it wasn't possible. Somehow it wasn't possible to try to leave or try to make a phone call.
0: Well, actually, looking back at the rest of the film, I think the reason he blames himself is because he consciously didn't put the monkey down, right? He could have killed the monkey, and if Shakma was dead, none of this would be happening. So maybe that's what he's referring <clears throat> to. But,
1: but didn't he just mess that up uh, because he grabbed the wrong bottle And uh, but while he was talking to somebody? He grabbed the wrong uh, group of sedatives or whatever?
0: Oh, okay, what, maybe. What
1: I, I thought it was an accident. Like, first time I checked it out, I thought it was on purpose. But again, how do you know?
0: At the end, after all his friends are dead, and he has the final showdown with Shockma, and he's covered in blood and bandages, it's sort of like the worst impression of John McClane you could possibly do. He's staggering through the halls, and he has one last shot at killing Shockma, and he pulls off... What reminded me of the trick that the kids play on the raptors in Jurassic Park when they're trapped in the kitchen with Mm -hmm. the reflection, he tricks Shachma into jumping through a mirror that has a reflection of Sam on it and into a cage. And then he crawls off and says, I won, and looks at the monkey, but of course that doesn't mean anything. The
2: end. (laughs) I think the death of the monkey was... Other than that that shot of the dripping fangs, I think the death of the monkey was the only part of this movie I really liked. I genuinely laughed at it. He burned the fucker alive.
0: Oh, that's right. It was an incinerator. It wasn't a uh, it wasn't a cage. I thought it was just a cage, but no, he <laughs> no, burns
2: He cooks the shit out of that monkey. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Roast monkey. Oh boy. So
0: yeah, so that's that Shockma and uh and I'm sorry. It's
2: bad. Oh,
1: it's bad. Yeah, I don't know why why did you force me to take this movie? Why did you force me to choose there was many movies that, that you could have given give me, but why did, why did you force this one on me?
0: I know that you have a high tolerance for stuff like this. You you once forced me to watch a movie called Baby Huey's Easter Adventure.
1: That's a and, that's a uh, walk in the park compared to this. <laughs> no, that's, that's true. nothing. That's that's like T ball, like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's this true. This is the big leagues right here. <laughs> the big leagues of shit. Yeah, that's right. Is this oh. the
2: worst movie we've done so far? Well, I I
0: definitely think so. Yeah. I mean, we've we've seen some terrible movies, but none that I was just seething throughout the whole thing. Just like I hated every character, I hated every decision on the part of the director i hated the scenery i hated the action i hated the music there was just absolutely nothing redeemable about this movie
1: the only redeeming thing for me is when he was the brief moments probably all together would be about 10 seconds of him like running on his hind legs that's about it
0: (laughs) yeah and 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 the effect of richard's face melting off like that was cool too other than that awful so, uh, Lee, right around this time, we like to play a little game called Monkey Business. <laughs>
1: okay. And
0: uh, it, in Monkey Business, we ask our guests to imagine a potential sequel to the movie we've just watched. Hmm. So, uh, you could take a second, but we'd like to hear your idea for Shockma 2.
1: Okay. Well, everybody's pretty much dead. <laughs> so, so it limits some possibilities. Um, <laughs> yeah, even Shakma. <laughs> even Shakma. I guess uh, I'll go back to what I said earlier, where they were trying to build up the the actual building they were in as a character. So I guess it would have to be the building itself becomes somewhat sentient, and maybe there, there's it's haunted. And what happens is there's you know maybe this this uh, Chris can be involved in this because a new crop of uh, medical students come in, and uh, they don't even, they're not even interested in the game, but they're basically forced into it.
0: What I'm thinking is that the chemical that was used on Jockma is still on a shelf somewhere in this building. hmm So there's a chance a new crop of dumb medical students could find it and be like, hey, let's try this out.
1: Yeah, but they, they gotta up the stakes a little bit, so like, maybe they... Sh- They should uh, somehow, through their, like, running around and horniness, they uh, managed to pierce uh, one of their fellow students with this thing and turning him basically into some sort of monkey man who goes around and, and, and murders. Wow.
0: It could be that, like, now they're into, like, DNA splicing and stuff like that because the stakes definitely got higher as the 90s went on. And I could see a movie in like 95 or 96 coming out that was about splicing the genes of a man and a monkey, throwing some of that adrenaline potion in there for good measure, and the ghosts of the medical building (laughs) affecting it all.
2: You can get like a real Resident Evil thing going on here where there's like a, a shadow corporation who comes in and they're like, oh, we're taking this body. And they do experiments on the cooked little monkey body, and they they isolate some sort of uh, chemical in it and start injecting that into other monkeys, and then all of those monkeys bust out.
0: Oh, man, I would love a shot where they open the door to, like, a cryogenics lab. And all the characters from the original Shockma are floating in tubes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm with that.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like a Gremlins 2 thing, I think, we're going for Oh, man, so, a
2: shockma with lipstick? <laughs> yes. <laughs> a spider shockma. They
0: have, they have to genetically engineer a sexy lady shakma <laughs> to, like, seduce yes. the monkey
1: man? It's multiple shockmas coming at you from every direction. Yeah. Oh, boy. I like it. I'm going to greenlight that one. But uh, uh, one thing I want to do uh, before we go is just I want to say what I thought this movie had in it, that it didn't. There's a couple things. I, I mentioned the... Like the machismo thing with the monkey, like some sort of metaphor for for, for that with the that red pill. Uh, sure, a statement male activist on, on kind of thing that was going on, masculinity. A sta- yeah. Um, yeah. so that that I thought was in there wasn't. Uh, another thing, actually, uh, I was watching this with my wife. She said during the movie, as a joke, and I didn't take it as a joke at the time. She said, "Maybe Sam is the monkey. Sam has been the monkey all along." and he's been murdering everybody, and he kind of just realizes at the end. Great twist, and, and I kind of got yep. excited because my brain started already ca- trying to figure out if it could be true, and about three seconds into that, I realized that no way this, this shit movie is ever going to do anything like that. So <laughs> no, I got good. actually mad. I got mad at the movie. was it living up to what it could be, and then I got mad at my wife too for bringing it up.
0: And maybe a little bit mad at yourself for thinking a movie about a killer baboon could be anything more than that.
1: I was mad all around. 360 degrees of, of anger. Yeah, just, uh, just
0: loathing in all directions.
1: One last thing I thought that could have happened was maybe the professor was... This was all his experiment, and he was doing it on purpose. Like, he knew Shakma would do this, and it was part of his cruel, manipulative game and to... to to involve an actual nemesis, an actual evil character, into his game. The ultimate game, really. (laughs) See,
0: again, all of those things would have made this a more fulfilling film.
1: My brain tried to make it a good movie, but it
0: no. (laughs) So, Chris, we have one last segment to go through. Why don't you walk us through it?
2: Yeah, sure. We've been keeping score throughout the course of Monkey Club in a little game we call Apes vs. Humans. And we like to ask the guests if you thought the ape gave the best performance of the movie, or if any of the humans topped him.
1: That's, uh, that's easy. The ape, 100%. Best performance. I, what, what, what else can I say? A-plus. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I think this is an easy one.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, even if any of the characters
0: were likable, which none of them were, or unique, which none of them were, there was no variation in the characters. The actors were incredibly bland. There was more entertainment in the 5% of the movie that Shockma was in than in
2: anything else. So
0: I'm going Apes.
2: I'm all in on yeah, Apes. I, it's unanimous. Typhoon slash Shockma puts another one on the scoreboard for, uh, for the Apes.
0: Yeah, things are not looking good for the humans if Monkey Club is any indication.
1: The writers of this movie tried to bring in Roddy McDowell as a ringer for the humans, you know, and it they, they didn't work.
0: Yeah. Good. Sorry, humanity. Roddy McDowell won't save us. Uh, so does anybody have any final thoughts, any uh, any last bits of trivia or
2: anything about Shockma before we uh close the books on this piece of shit? It made me appreciate Mike Staklasa or Jay Bauman, whichever one does the editing. It made me appreciate uh, Red Letter Media's editing more because this movie actually looked like it might be kind of fun, but actually it's just a big bowl of shit.
1: I just I just got three words. It it's my fault. <laughs>
0: No, it's not. Lee, you were not responsible for wreaking this havoc upon the world. I win. <laughs> Just some final notes on the people behind the scenes here. The writer of Shockma,
2: you know what else he wrote? Nothing. Nothing.
0: Good. Absolutely Good. nothing ever, ever, ever again. That's the
2: best news Monkey Club has ever had.
0: His name is Roger Engel. Never worked again. It was directed by the team of Hugh Parks and Tom Logan, who teamed up for hits like Bikini College, which sounds like a parody from a Simpsons episode. But Tom Logan went on to create a cartoon franchise for kids called The Neon Tiki Tribe. Have either of you heard of it? No, Matt, no. The, the Neon
1: Tiki trod. Sounds
2: offensive, though.
0: It was a apparently a long-running series that spawned several specials, but it's described as a story of super-positive young superheroes. So, something positive came out of shock, I guess. The Neon Tiki Trot. Super-positive. Super, pos- super-positive. Super well, on that super-positive note, I'd like to thank Lee Chernowitz for joining us and suffering with us through a terrible film. Yeah. For all things Monkey Club, as well as Cage Club, Keanu Club, what's the other one? Uh, Zach Efron Uh, Sexy Abs Club. Yes, (laughs) Zach Attack. You can check out the Cage Club Podcast Network on Facebook. You can look that up, or you can go to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me, where you can subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes, and you can rate and review them. Until next time, I'm Christian Larson.
2: I'm Chris Mattiello.
0: And that was our fantastic guest, Mr. Lee Chernowitz, and thank you for joining us for another edition of The Monkey Club.